Hey, Praise Chapel Paramount. Welcome to our podcast. Hey, this message is from our midweek service with a very good friend of the house, Pastor Esther Lorke of the Cure Church in Kansas City. She's preaching a message about not business as usual. Now, if you haven't followed us on Instagram or Facebook, give us a follow at PC Paramount. And then check out our website at praisechapelparamount.com. Enjoy this message. Thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I am, I am a blessed woman. You are a blessed church. You know why? First of all, because you got the Lord Jesus Christ. Would you say amen to that? And, I, and, and because you have amazing pastors. I think you can do a little bit better than that. You got amazing pastors. Listen, I thank God for friendship. I thank God that you didn't make it here by yourself and neither did I. We need one another. Would you say yes to that? I thank God for your pastor, Pastor Omar and Lethe, that they've been my friend, my husband's friend. Through the good times, the bad times, the ugly times, hallelujah. And I, I thank, I'm, I'm so honored. Listen, I am very honored tonight. I don't know why you're here, but I know why God is here. And, and I, I thank you again, Pastor Omar and Lethe. I mean that from the bottom of my heart. Thank you for allowing me to stand and grace this amazing platform, amen, in your pulpit. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus, we love you, Father God. Can you just take a few minutes right where you're sitting, amen? Just lift your hands, lift your voice. Whatever you got to do, but Lamb of God, we love you, Jesus. You will always be worthy of our praise, God. Holy Spirit, fill this place with your glory, Jesus. Holy Spirit, unless you come, Father, we meet in vain, Father, but I thank you for your word that says where there is two or three gathered. You are there, you are there, you are there. He's here, saints of God. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? From the back to the front, from the middle, the Lamb of God is in this place. Do you believe that? The God that you see is the God that you get. The Bible says, this is not my message, but I'm just going to let you know and remind you of some scripture this morning, this night. The Bible says that Jesus went to his hometown. And the Bible declares that he could not do many miracles. It's not that he didn't want to do many miracles. It's that God was limited. Wow, can you imagine that? God can be limited by who? By me. By you. And the Bible says that he walks in and they just, oh yeah, I know who he is. He's, a, he's that carpenter. As a matter of fact, I have one of his um, homemade um, wood chairs in my house. And underneath it, it has his autograph, Jesus Christ. Boy, wouldn't you want that chair today? I know I would. And he walks in and he checks out his hometown. And, and the Bible declares that they just looked at him as just as a mere man. He's just uh, one that knows how to work with wood. But, everyone say but. Some in his hometown saw him as Lord. 
as Savior, as King, the Jesus that you see tonight is the Jesus you're going to get. See, if you see him as a carpenter, he can only fix your house. But if you see him as Savior, as Lord, as King, he can fix your soul. I love Jesus. I am humbled every day by his love. I'm humbled because I know where he found me. He found me in a closet when a man would beat me up and leave me there for days. That's, that's where Jesus found me. I don't know where he found you, but that's where he found me. I wasn't looking for him. I didn't even know who Christ was. But he knew my name. He knew my address. He knew exactly where that closet was. Hallelujah. And he said, Esther, I'm going to change your life. Esther, what the devil and his demons want to do with you, I've arrested them. And I'm here to save you from this place. How many have been saved from that place? How many granted? How many are here grant? You're just in saying God I thank you you're still saying God I thank you never stop saying thank you we've not made it I've not made it you have not made it there's still work to be done everyone say that there's still work to be done in Luke chapter 17 26 verse 30 follow me don't fall asleep hallelujah wake up everyone say wake up you see, the same Jesus that's in your conference coming up. What, what month is your conference? In August. The same Jesus that shows up to your conference when everyone is jumping and hollering and praising God. Hallelujah. It's the same Jesus that is here on this Wednesday night. Hallelujah. In Luke chapter 17, verse 26 and 30, when the Son of Man returns, it will be like the days of Noah. This is a question the Pharisees were asking Jesus Christ. How will we know when you come back? How will we know when we're living in the last days? In those days, the people enjoy banquets and parties and weddings. Right up to the time that Noah entered the boat and the flood came and destroyed them all. In other words, Jesus is comparing before his return. He's telling the Pharisees this. He's telling them, you'll know when the last days are coming because people will be getting married. Hallelujah. They will be building. They will be buying. They will be just doing their thing. And it'll also be like the days of Sodom and Gomorrah. And the world will be as it was in the days of Lot. People went out and about daily business, eating, drinking, buying, selling, farming, building. And it'll be like the days of Sodom and Gomorrah. Same thing the Bible says what they were doing. They were doing business as usual. Can I... Can I just say something, even from my own life and where the world is? Listen, church, you are the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't turn around. You are his bride. Look at yourself. Look at the person on the right and the left. That's who Christ paid a heavy price for on the cross. He says he calls you the bride. 
And he says, I'm coming back. And it's going to be like these days where they were buying, selling, getting married, having banquets, selling things, buying land, not knowing that the day was approaching, not knowing and not looking at the signs that I'm giving the church. It's time for the church to wake up. I don't care how old, how young, how broke, how much money you got. If you're tall, if you're short, if you're big, if you're wide, it doesn't matter. The Lord is calling you by name. He has a task for you. And, and listen, don't draw me out tonight. We know we hear it all the time. The Lord has a plan for you. But I can't, can I remind you? He does. That's why you're saved. That's why you and I say yes to Jesus. I encourage you never stop saying yes, yes, yes. Your yes, hallelujah, is linked to many other yeses. And Mark 1.15, the time promised by God has come at last. He announced the kingdom of God is near. Repent of your sins and believe in the good news. Can I tell you, it's still a good news to be preached the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ. Business as usual is no longer acceptable in the kingdom of God. Stay with me. Jesus had one sermon pretty much. The kingdom of God is at hand. That was his message. Every miracle Jesus performed, he establishes supremacy over forces and systems that thought it had the final word. Jesus steps in and says, no, I have the final word. Listen, I don't know where you're at. I don't know if you're sick, if you're healed, if you're broke. I don't know if, I don't know where you're at, but I know one that does. And his name is Jesus Christ. And he doesn't look at your problem. He looks at your willingness. He doesn't look at what's surrounding you that's trying to choke you out. He's saying, you know what? If you let me in, if you tap me in that situation, I'll help you. I'll be there with you. Tap them in. I don't know about you. I like wrestling. And I love when they tap that person in. Because that other person in the ring. Listen folks. They're, they're, they're starting to breathe heavy. They've been in the ring for a while. <sighs> they're sweating. They don't look like they did when they first walked in that ring. God's calling some of you to tap him in. You're trying to do life by yourself. And he's standing there saying, son, daughter, tap me in. I got what you need. Why do you leave me out? You see, it can't be business as usual. In Luke 17, 21, it says again, the kingdom of God is within you. It's within us. In the days of Lot and Noah, there are two events. There's two elements in these two stories. Hallelujah. People are going about their normal, normal lives as, as if nothing is happening. And on these two stories, on a particular day, destruction comes from God. Business as usual is no longer acceptable in our walk with God. It's time to get up. It's time to wake up. And even if you do a lot in this church, listen, 
God convicts me. You know, there's always that little voice when you give it all to the Lord, you feel good about yourself. You gotta, you, you come on. I know I'm telling you the truth. Sometimes like I'll sweat, I, I'll vacuum, I'll do things in the church. And then there's that little voice, man, Esther, you're the, you're the best. Look at you. All these people standing around and you're the only one vacuuming. You, you are so humble, Esther. Boy, you are so good. How many have heard that voice before? You know what you got to do with that voice? Shut up. Be quiet. There's still more to be done. I got to roll up my sleeves even higher and get into the nitty gritty of things. Because the work is not over. Listen, did you hear what I said? The work is not over. Don't look for exit signs. Look for enter signs. And say, God, here I am again. Use my life. Help me, God. Help my unbelief. Jesus informs the Pharisees that the kingdom would not come as the same way as the rain from heaven and the days of Noah as the fire uh, uh, fire uh, for Sodom and Gomorrah. Jesus informs them that the kingdom would not come without warning. So there's always a warning. Are you with me? We're not going to be like, oh my gosh, Jesus is here. I should have repent yesterday. I should have forgave that person. I should have said, yeah, there's always going to be warning signs. And I believe we're living in those days. I don't know if God's going to come back 20 years from now, 15 years from now. But you know what I do know? I don't want my life to live as business as usual. I want more fire of God. Hallelujah. I want the excitement of God. I want him to challenge me. Why? Because this Esther is evil without God. This Esther it will easily turn. Hallelujah. And get in the flesh very quickly. We need the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ daily when you wake up you can't say God it's just another day no you as a man of God as a woman of God whoever you are you're listening to my voice you gotta wake up daily and say today I choose not to live business as usual what is my assignment Lord what do you want from me who do you want me to tell them about you Lord I don't want to just come to church are you hearing me? Don't just come to church. Be the church when you leave the church. Be Christ when you leave this place. You know why there's still dark places in Paramount? You know why there's still dark places in Paramount? Is because you have not stepped in with the light of Jesus. But when you get there, it lights up. Be the light. Step in that dark area. Let it shine. God gives his children a warning. If there was one thing clear about Noah and Lot, it was that nobody, absolutely nobody, took them seriously. My question to you is, do you take the signs seriously? Do you take your leadership seriously? Leadership, do you take your calling seriously? Do you take your pastor's message seriously? Do you take those people that God has surrounded you with seriously? Wife, do you take your husband seriously? Husband, do you take your wife seriously? Do you take what God is doing? Not as nonchalantly like, ah, 
What if you came today and the doors were shut? We take everything for granted. Let's be honest. We didn't think about it. We just got in our car and assumed that the church would be open. And assume that all these people up here would be here faithfully to worship. Assume that your pastor and his wife would be here. Assume that your friend would be here. But what if you got here and it was shut down? And the very thing we complain about sometimes is the very thing that's taken away. It can't be business as usual. This is the house of the living God. We need to honor the house and the calling and what God is doing in Paramount. Hallelujah. You need to get in your car next time you come on Sunday. Begin to speak in tongues and say, God, meet me there. God, anoint me there. God, do something. Heal me. Heal them. Touch them, God. Don't just come here business as usual. When you get to your house, don't just whatever whatever it is no make something happen let demons tremble at their feet when they see you when they hear you listen folks i always say this but i am not trying to pump you up you should have already came pumped up you should already came full of the glory of god to share with somebody else in this building hallelujah you know what church is for just to get instruction to go do it out there go out there go out there and win the lost win the lost win the lost it can't be business as usual it just can't be about you it just can't be about me you know why we already got the goods if we had more of the glory of god we would grow up we gotta go share it go share it open up your mouth again man of god woman of god I'm not bold. We'll get baptized in the Holy Spirit. The Bible says, hallelujah, that they waited on the Holy Spirit. They were baptized in the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. For what? To do great works. You want to do great works? Don't be ashamed of the Holy Spirit. If you don't know who the Holy Spirit is, hallelujah, he's all over the word of God. He is the one. He's not an it. He's not a thing. He is a person. Hallelujah. And he wants to fill you. He wants to fill me daily. Why? To empower you to do things you can't do by yourself. Business as usual. They were eating, drinking, getting married, buying, selling, farming and building. Even when the floods came, even when the fire came with Sodom and Gomorrah, hallelujah, the people there in Sodom and Gomorrah did the same thing, business as usual. God loves this place. He loves this place. He loves you. No matter how wicked you think you are, no matter how much you've blown it, he still calls you. He calls you. Why? Because he has a plan for you. Could you imagine you have a child, you birth that child, and you walk away from that child never to look back again. God don't do that to you. He gives you new life. He gives you new life. And he don't walk away from you. He wants to give you things. He wants to use you. I like that word. Because when I came to Jesus, when they said, God wants to use you. You know, my vision of that 
was how people used to use me. So it was a negative, not a positive. God wants to use me. I, I, I'm, I'm good. Until I realize when God uses someone, that person ends up getting better and being better, not worse. When you were used, you got worse. When people used you and me, you got worse. But when Jesus uses you, you become glorious. You, got, you, you, become, you, you turn into someone else that no one even recognizes. Are you with me? Stay with me. God's not done. Can you say that God's not done? Not believing that the time was running out for them. The plan, the plan of God at this time was to save people, but people were not paying attention. They were living life, business as usual. God never speaks to me. Yeah, he did. He spoke to you today. Did you hear that still small voice? He spoke to you. You want him to speak to you more? Obey the little things. Obey the little things. Hey, buy that person that coffee. Ah, it's the devil. Can I just tell you something? The devil has nothing good in him. So when you know, when you start debating, is it God? Is it the devil? Is it the God? Is it the devil? You really think the devil's going to tell you to do something good? He never will. Never, ever will tell you to do something good. I was just in Las Vegas and I witnessed to these two young ladies. One was Samoan and one was Mexican. The first one, the Samoan was, no one's ever asked me if I needed prayer for anything. And I prayed with her. And the other girl was like, it's interesting you tell me about the church that you're going to go preach at because I've actually been looking for a church. You see, you and I, sometimes we listen too much of what other people are saying. You and I listen too much of what your flesh is saying. There's still people in California, Los Angeles, wherever, Paramount, that have never heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. And God is saying, you need to go. You need to do something with what I've given you. Listen, it might, this message might bore you. You, you, you know, I love prophecies. I love thus says the Lord. Hallelujah. But more than that, I want to be an obedient daughter of the Most High. I pray that more than what God gives me, I can give. That I can be counted a good steward of what God's given me so He can give me more. Hallelujah. Are you ready? Don't hide behind your past. Sometimes we're good at that. Well, you know, man, I got, man, my past is just, it's local. If you had some hours, I could share it with you. But time is ticking. I can't. I got to get out. I know you have a local testimony. We all do. From the child to the adult, we all have a story. And that's a story God wants to use to touch someone else's life so they can have a story. Can't be business as usual. You know why you're at that job with that boss that just gets under your skin? Because you're, you're the one. 
You're the one that's going to introduce him to Christ by the way you live, by the way you talk, by the way you forgive, by your kindness, kindness, by not sleeping in the bathroom when you're supposed to be working. By not waiting by the time clock, you have five minutes and you're in the time, you got your card, you're like, I'm out of here. See, before they meet Jesus, stay with me, listen folks, before they meet Jesus, they're going to meet you. You are it. You carry the presence of God. You walk into Starbucks or even drive through, put a smile on your face. We all have bad days. Put that smile on, even if your teeth are crooked. Thank you very much for my coffee. Bless you. Do you need prayer for something? You know what? When you say that, I actually do. Well, Father, I pray in Jesus' name. See, we, that's what God wants to do. That's what God wants to do. I'm not saying to go preach a revival in the corner. I'm just saying be you and let God use you. Be committed. Be committed to the highest calling in the face of the earth. There is no higher calling. I'm not downing. I'm not putting, I'm not belittling your education. But I know a lot of smart, dumb people. Did you hear what I said? Your smartness can't get you through a trial. Your smartness cannot deliver someone, hallelujah, that is addicted to whatever it might be, hallelujah. We need the glory and the presence of God wherever we go. I'm not saying, listen, they're going to be hard days. I'm not, I don't wake up every, every morning and say, woo, Jesus, hallelujah. You know, you, you know what? I wake up and it's like, where's my leg? I don't feel my arm. Lord, God, be with me right now. God, help me, Jesus. Okay, there it is. Let me screw it on. Okay, there's my eye. God, yeah. uh, we don't all wake up. Woohoo! But you know what? Before the devil gets to me, I get to God. I start thanking God every morning. Father, I thank you, God. I thank you, Lord, for my husband. I thank you for my church. I thank you for my pastor. I thank you for that wicked woman that makes me more like Jesus. I thank you, Lord God, for the trials that are building me up to become more like you. God, I thank you when I'm broke. God, I thank you when I have a lot. God, I thank you for my sickness that I'm going to be healed one day. See, what I'm telling you, I'm, again, I'm not just preaching a message. I live this. I have lived this, and I'm going to live it. Some of you know my testimony. When I bled for six years of my life, pastoring, hallelujah, guess what? I didn't take it on on the congregation. And I didn't have them feel sorry for me either. Walked in that church. I would walk in my house. I said, one day you're going to heal me, Lord. One day you're going to heal me, Lord. And I worship. Listen, you say you have no weapons to worship. You have no weapons against the enemy. You know what one of your weapons is? Is worship. Is worship. It blessed me tonight. All these men up here. 
young and old men, hallelujah, worshiping God, establishing something in the kingdom. You're not just up here doing this because everyone else is. No, God has planted you here. God has said, you worship me. Hallelujah, because you do. I'm calling others to do it too. Well, I'm not a leader. You are lead. You are leader. Everyone, hey, listen, listen to me. Every single person here is a leader. Because every single person here, somebody is watching your life. You can't hide from the presence of God. Can't hide. Don't get lost in your department. Don't get lost in your comfort. Don't get lost in your business as usual. The main problem wasn't that they were just doing business as usual. The main problem was that that's all they were doing. God doesn't mind you having some fun, some shindigs. Whoa, that, where'd you get that word? That's an old word. Look it up in the dictionary, shindig. It's an actual word. I hope I'm saying it right. Whoa. I am. Thank you, Lan. Thank you. Um, you don't mind? He's not like a God in heaven like, don't have fun. There you are. No, God's not like that. If he was, he wouldn't have put joy. He wouldn't have put those emotions in you to cry, to laugh, to shout, to clap, hallelujah, to dance. You know, it, it, you know I said this too. I, some people bug me when they say, don't take all of that. Have you ever heard that? Has, ever, your, has your husband ever told you that? Your wife, your kids, that person? You yeah, don't take all of that. And they do it with an attitude. Hey, don't take all of that. And I look back at them. Yes, it does. And even more. Because Jesus gave it all at the cross. He gave it all. So I'm going to give it my all. I'm not trying to be popular. I'm not trying to have likes. I'm trying to have his like. I want to be popular in his eyes. Because I'll let you down. And guess what? You're going to let me down too. But you know who's not? The Lord. The Lord. In Acts 20, 28, guard yourselves. The Bible says, listen, I'm almost done. You won't turn into a pumpkin, I promise you. Acts chapter 20. Thank you again, Pastor Omar and Lathy. I feel so privileged. You guys have an amazing church. You really do. You guys are amazing people. Hallelujah. But again, I don't want to be amazing. I want to be obedient. Good people are not going to heaven. Righteous people are going to go to heaven. Acts chapter 20, verse 28. Guard yourselves and God's people. I can't guard you if, you, if I don't show up. Hear what I said? I can't guard you if I don't show up. Every team has a guard, right? Football, basketball, don't they all have a guard? What's the guard for? The guard is, is to protect and make sure that things don't come through and pass. That's what a guard does. We are guards. Acts 20, 28, guard 
yourselves and God's people, his church. That's why it's important. Even if you think you're not important, if you don't show up, listen to me, things are going to come through that should not be coming through because we were not where we needed to be. You think you're insignificant? They'll stop listening to that lie. That's like saying, God, you died for all these people, but not for me. Your blood is good for them, but not for me. I can't guard you if I don't show up. Ephesians 5.25, love your wife, love your church, love the bride. Be committed to her. Everyone say commitment. Mend. You don't hear that word a lot. Makes us feel weird. Because we're not used to being committed very long to anything. And all in the name of Jesus. I want to be in the worship team. And then you, you go through stuff and you're like, I don't want to be in the worship team no more. I want to be a teacher now. And the kids drive you crazy. I don't want to be a teacher now. I want to work in the cafe. You burn the coffee. Everyone complains about you. I don't want to be in the cafe no more. Can I, can, can I clean toilets? You use the wrong things. Now you stain the toilet. And now we're going to have to pay for the, a new toilet. I don't want to be the janitor no more. Can I work in the, in the back, well, in, in the media? And, and it doesn't, you get what I'm saying? Be faithful in where God has placed you. If you're going to be moved, let the Lord truly move you. <laughs> How long can you do the same thing until you were placed for someone better? I told my worship team, I'm, I'm always open to get replaced. If you can take people to the glory of God, be my guest, be my guest, be my guest. You know why? Because nothing's permanent. It's about his kingdom. We're not that special. No, this is my. This is my. My ministry. You're going to replace me, pastor. I've been so faithful. Forget you all, man. I'm out of here. Sweat tears. I pay my my ties. You gonna replace me? Wait, wait, him? Yeah, because it's time to switch. For what reason? For the kingdom. Nothing is permanent in the kingdom. When you're done here, God has the, the power and the authority to pick you up and put you here. And when he's done with you here, he has the power and the authority to get you and put you here. Why? Because he's coming back. It's not our ministry. It's his ministry. We are the bride. If the bride has to lose some weight, the bride has to lose some weight. If the bride gets pimples, she has to get, read that. You know what I'm saying? Hallelujah. Because why? The groom is coming. The groom is coming. The groom is coming, and I gotta prepare myself and prepare everybody else. Are you with me? It's not my worship team, it's his. He's just allowing me to be a steward at the time. He's just allowing you to be a steward at the time. Hallelujah. Sometimes you got to shock the devil. 
You gotta shock yourself and shock people. What? They never done that before. What? John 13, 5, after that. Listen, folks, can I get these two chairs up here? And Pastor Omar and Lethe, can you quickly come up here and sit on these chairs and take your shoes and socks off, please? Listen, listen. God put this in my heart this morning. Listen, listen. I'm almost done. Business as usual. Listen, listen, listen. Business as usual. Business as usual. Um, well, see, that would be a good idea to get a, an actual real table without a hole in the middle so the water doesn't do that. Come on. Listen, in all, in all um, seriousness right now, hallelujah. Everyone say that it can't be. Come on, I need everyone to say, it can't be business as usual. When Jesus, listen folks, when Jesus... When Jesus, Bible says that he went inside the temple. I've been reading this a lot and it convicted me. Listen, are you listening? When Jesus went in the temple, the Bible says that he saw the money changers. He saw people selling things. And it wasn't that he's never seen that before. Because you would have to buy doves to, you know, to, for your prayer, for your sacrifice, Right? So it's not like he walked in and this is the first time he saw people buying and selling. What angered the Lord, that righteous indignation, before he, he took the tables and flipped them and before he got out his whip, what, what, what displeased the Lord, what grieved the Lord, what saddened the Lord, was that they were doing church without his presence. They were doing business as usual. They were worshiping without his presence. And they were okay with that. And it grieved the Lord. They were doing church. They were doing whatever it is that they were doing without the presence of God. And that's what I mean. Business as usual is no longer acceptable. We need the one that we say we serve. In every, listen, listen to me, in every detail of our life, He does care if you make the right or wrong decisions. He does care, hallelujah, if you show up or not. He does care about your commitment to Him. He does care about that tiny little bitterness that keeps pricking at your heart that you keep ignoring, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, and you're not getting good. Cares about that judgmental spirit that you carry sometimes. He cares about that poor me. He cares about when you think it's for everybody else but not you. He hears that in your heart. And he's rounding up. Listen, the Holy Spirit is rounding up his people from every tribe, every nation. For the least, 
to the very least. John, listen. John 13, 5. I'm going to leave you with this, folks. Listen to me tonight. John 13, 5. After that, after that, he poured water into a basin. This is Christ. And began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with a towel that was wrapped around him. In other words, Jesus walks in the house. You know what the disciples were arguing about? Who was going to be the greatest among them? Who was going to be the greatest in the kingdom? And these days when you walked in a home, you didn't just nonchalantly walk in with your shoes, sandals. No, you had to take them off. And, and the least of the person in that house was the one that would have to wash your feet. Instead of these disciples anticipating Jesus coming to the house, instead of these disciples saying, I'm the one that's going to wash my master's feet first, none of them thought that. Why? Because they were doing business as usual. They were talking about who's going to be the next this, the next that, and not realizing that the countdown to spend time with Jesus was clicking because he was going to soon go to the cross and Jesus has to stop. He was ready. He had pretty much an apron already set in place to do what? To do what? To serve. To serve. Jesus like, you guys are all arguing about who's the Who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom? That position has already been taken. Christ says, I am the great I am. I already stand in that position. What I'm calling you bride to do, what I'm calling you church to do, is what I showed you. And what I'm about to show you, I'm showing you right now, I am going to stoop down to the most humble position and wash your feet. And when I'm done, it's not over. I'm going to tell you and I'm going to show you. I'm going to go to the cross and take this servanthood to a whole other level. Bride of Christ, I'm talking to you tonight. It can be business as usual. Your walk with God has to cost you something. It has to wake you up in the middle of the night. You got to get desperate again. You got to say, God, I've been wasting time. God, I've been nonchalantly coming to the house of God. Lord, I've not even asked you what you want out of me in a long time. I assume you would want this and that, but I've not actually asked you. I'm here to declare to you, Paramount Church, the Bible. God's telling all of us here tonight to roll up your sleeves again. I know you've paid a price in the past, but I'm calling you to pay a price again. Follow me, follow me, follow me, and be the servant. Go to those low places because when you're a servant, servanthood heals people. So Jesus says, He loves the church, He gave the picture. Says, don't ever stop being humble. 
Paramount Church. Don't ever stop forgiving Paramount Church. Keep getting your hands dirty, Paramount Church. Do the work that nobody else wants to do, Paramount Church. Be the servant. The Bible says that the greatest among them is the servant. You want to be great in the kingdom? Be the greatest servant. Challenge yourself. Maybe you feel, man, I'm the best servant, and everyone acknowledges that around here, and everybody knows it. You can always serve more. And let me tell you something. I'm not just telling you to serve here. I'm telling you to serve that person that don't like you. I'm telling you to serve that spouse that's never stepped a foot in church. I'm telling you to serve that sister, that brother that gives you a hard time. So the Bible says that he put his, where's that um, apron? Puts his apron on. He was ready to serve. He puts it on. And he didn't just wash one disciple's feet. It's not enough that you just like, yo, man, I did that good. Keep going. Go the extra mile. He didn't just watch, wash two disciples' feet. He didn't just wash three or four or five or six or seven. He washed all 12. And it wasn't pretty. I'm sure they had feces in their feet. I'm sure they had dirt. comes to show you that when God does something, when God heals you, he heals you all the way. He completes the task. He could have just took one disciple and said, this is how I want you to do it. But he goes all the way. God finishes everything he starts. And he'll finish with you. Finish what you started. So the Bible says he takes this. takes his garment goes to the disciples feet there's healing listen I'm almost done there's healing when you humble yourself I know people have done you wrong they've done me wrong but be like Jesus is it going to cost you something yeah it's going to cost you something so what he bends down the Bible says that he kneeled down he kneels down put your feet in here guys yeah I'll go my mind this way where are my hands I, I know we're all I'm not putting no one down, but I'm just trying to give you an example. He, you know, when Jesus wrote that scripture in the Bible, forsake not the assembling of gathering together. 
this virus that's around earth, it wasn't, and not, Jesus is not in heaven like, oh man, why did I write that in the Bible? I should have never wrote that in the Bible. I made a big boof mistake. He's God. He knew what we would be going to today. He knew it, but yet he wrote it. Why? Because we need each other. We're all into about sanitation, but God says, man, I want to sanitize your heart. There's some things that have landed there that need some sanitation. So Jesus didn't use fake hands. He didn't wash your feet and say, you know what, um, you know, the corona's here. I'm going to just use these two fake hands. I don't want to get sick. You, you, you don't think back in those days there was greater diseases? There was greater diseases. There was leprosy. So the Bible says that he takes the water. He takes the basin. And he pours water. And he didn't wear gloves. He used his hands. He's giving the church a picture Listen, listen. He's giving the church, you, me, a picture of what to do when people walk in your building that are lost, that are bound, and they need a Savior. He's telling you and I tonight, take the lowest possible road and help them. And help them. something I want you as I'm praying for them I want you let's stand to our feet as I'm doing this I want you to pray for your pastors you know why because they need direction where God is going to do and where God is leading for this church they need you they need you so I want you to pray for them as I'm praying for them right now okay I want you to just, Lord, baptize them greater in your spirit again. Lord, lead them, direct them, bless them, Father. Help me to say yes, yes, yes. Hey, thanks for listening to this week's message from Praise Chapel Paramount. If you want to stay connected, follow us online with Facebook and Instagram at PC Paramount or visit our website at praisechapelparamount.com.